As timeless as some works of art may be, they are still created within a particular time period, so they show signs of that period. That's why adaptations of books into film are rarely, if ever, 100% faithful to the original work. The new presentation is modified for its contemporary audience. Some critics of The Lord of the Rings claim that the literary work implies outdated ideas about ethnic or racial groups through the way certain races of creatures in the book are described and characterized. Some have even gone as far as to call Tolkien himself a racist. And The Lord of the Rings is not the only work that has been accused of these things. In this episode, we ask, is The Lord of the Rings racist? How do we find value in literature that expresses the outdated views of the age of the author? All that and more on this edition of the podcast. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. Still in, uh, still in our Lord of the Rings mode. Yes, honestly, pumped to be there. L O T R, as the super fans call it. Lord Ladder, Ladder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe uh, I guess we can just talk about, maybe give a little bit of background for what we've been talking about, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> Yeah, we pre- I think the last episode we kind of, or episodes, two episodes, we presented basically The Lord of the Rings as a literary masterpiece and kind of just the power of narrative and why it's so important um, and how it's used to shape, reshape our lives and we use it, sorry, it shapes us as individuals and then we use literature to shape our mm-hmm. lives and worldviews also. It's like a a cycle yeah, sort of thing. cycle, never ending. Shaping and being shaped by yeah. Yeah, which is great. And we also talked about, you know, why Christians are pumped about mm. Lord of the Rings <laughs> and other media that Christians are pumped about for good or ill, as Tolkien would maybe say. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So right. we're continuing but, yeah. our conversation today. Uh, yeah. And I guess, uh, yeah, shall we jump into the first one? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so first question, three words. Well, not three words, because Lord of the Rings is four words. <laughs> Two words besides the title of the... <laughs> All right. Is the Lord of the Rings racist? Wow. Wow. I mean, yeah. Straight out of the gate. Just, uh, just we're, we're gone right there, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is, I guess you could say, if, substantial evidence by maybe modern standards. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess first off, 
Pretty much all the good guys are light-skinned people. Pretty much all the bad guys are dark-skinned people. And that's not, that's not like, perfectly correct. Gollum, he's pale. Mm-hmm. Um, there's others. But, you know, as a, as a general rule within Tolkien, if you have dark, dark skin, you're usually on the wrong side of things. If you have light skin, you're usually on the right side of things, which, I mean, is troubling. Yeah. Yeah, but, but there are also exceptions to the case, right? Like sure. Saruman the White. Um, That's true. Uh, yeah, turned to evil, I guess. Yes, he turned to Saruman of many colors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot <laughs> about get, that. Get that in the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah I wonder what that being... delivery by Christopher Lee, Sir Christopher Lee, would have been like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said, Saruman, now in Technicolor. <laughs> uh, so there's but, that. Yeah. Um, and there's always the, the corruption of, you know, the quote-unquote good creatures as well. Like, Sure. With elves and stuff, and even yeah, yeah, yeah. even the corruption of the river folk, um, who are, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of like portray, portrayed as innocent, you know, very hobbit-like in that respect. Um, sure. You do get the corruption of that in, in Gollum. Right. Yeah, and there are definitely, well, and so I'm not a Tolkien expert. I think neither of us are, but, you know, we just like it. Uh, but like, there's like the kin strife with men where it's like, well, we can talk more about, but it's like, there's definitely, there's definitely like good and bad within groups that Mm -hmm. are considered good, like men or elves where it's like, they fight amongst themselves. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like, it's not like everyone, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it is like, so for instance, like men, like if we just take the race of men in Tolkien, it's like the the people of Far Harad, which is like in the south. In the movies, it's the people who ride the big elephants. Mm-hmm. Like they're described as like dark-skinned. And so are the Easterlings, which are also right. in the movies. Uh, they're like the, I don't even know. Very on the nose, that one. East. Yeah, yeah, Easterlings. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they're also described as dark-skinned. In the movies, I would say they're not. Like, or maybe they kind of are. They, I mean, they're like always the, wearing the the armor, and it's armor, yeah, they cover their really faces. Tell. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, like the the, the elef- elephant rider people. I mean, the like the main elephant rider that it keeps going back to. I mean, he looks like he looks like a Mad Max character. You know what I mean? I mean, he, I think he's like white and bald. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So that's where it's like. I, I'm sure Peter Jackson was like, you know, we don't have to like follow exclusively mm-hmm. i mean i guess that that's one thing to say is like it seems like the movies like i don't think there's a black person in the movies of any you know what i'm saying of mm-hmm. any like race or anything like that mm-hmm. and i would say like the movies as far as like orcs and goblins i don't know i mean they're more just like monsters they're not really you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like the goblins in the hobbit movies they're kind of, I don't even know what color they are. I guess palish. Are they? Yeah. I don't know. They're not like muddy colored. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. It's like clay almost. Yeah. Like, like yeah. clay color or something. It's, for me, uh, it's difficult to, it's difficult to make such a definitive claim because one, 
I'll I will I can agree with the fact that you know an author's opinions or thoughts can be seen through the text and the way he writes he or she writes um, sure. but without definitive commentary from the author himself that or herself that is this is what I'm describing it's yeah. hard to say whether or not especially with Tolkien because he's not an he's not a fan of allegory and he didn't write it as an allegory right. so it's hard to say that this race of you know creatures uh, corresponds to this you know this for race. sure well i think yeah i mean that's like the tension of it is like it seems like there's an internal bias with the dark skinned bad guys versus light skinned good guys you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and that's where it's like i actually don't cuz like he's obviously in a context you know what i'm saying um which would be i guess great britain or the uk or whatever uh which the world wars yeah that, yeah that too i mean yeah that too well that's where so like another another you know kind of evidence that people will use to say you know, it's racist or whatever, is like the West versus right, East yeah. thing, which Tolkien has been on record literally saying is not, like there's no modern reference. It just came out mm-hmm. like in the narrative. So yeah. it's like he wasn't trying to, like there's no World War One narrative, like right. East versus West. And there's also no, at least that's what he says. And so that's where, yeah, I think one, so I actually do have a Tolkien quote that I think is helpful for this whole thing. Um, but it was in a letter I think he wrote to his son. Uh, and he, I think when his son was literally fighting in World War II, hmm. I believe. And he said, he said, yes, I think orcs uh, as real a creation as anything in realistic fiction. Only in real life, they're on, both, uh, they're on both sides, of course. In real life, men are on both sides, which means a motley alliance of orcs, beasts, demons, plain, naturally honest men and angels. So like, I don't, I I think there is something going on with the dark skinned bad guys versus light skinned good guys, but I also don't think Tolkien is he's not he doesn't have a particular group in mind when he's talking about orcs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um and too when I was looking into this, apparently Tolkien was like really like struggled with the origin of orcs cuz he didn't want them to be like a new creation like he didn't want right. the big bad of the series which his name is melkor or morgoth he didn't want him to like be allowed to create something new but then he also didn't want orcs to be like redeemable so he like didn't know how to right. like if something is twisted from something existing it's like you know potentially it could be redeemed right but like he didn't want that but he also didn't want the bad guy to be able to create something new so i think it the like even within his writings there's like ambiguity on how mm-hmm. the orcs are like made or whatever because he doesn't like he didn't know he didn't know how to like uh resolve the tension with like a clear origin story yeah which i think is interesting yeah no the the, the orcs are um because that yeah because they do kind of have like like they have language and moral reasoning almost do you know what i mean right. so it's especially in the books in the movies too like there's a few times where orcs are talking and stuff but like in the books they're just like calling people out and you know what i mean mm-hmm. they're like very uh, not very cerebral, but like you know, they're they're thinking about stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even in, you get that in the movies too, right? Like when yeah. the the Urukai were well, this is the Urukai, but but like the, when they want yeah. to eat Merry and Pippin, 
yeah, yeah. the leader of the company said, no, we've got orders. We're not going to. Right. Um, we're not going to eat them. And, you know, you've got the other half who, who are trying to. So there's, right. yeah, there's definitely, they're not, um, they're not non-thinking creatures. Yeah, they're not mindless. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tough. I think, I think the West and East thing is definitely more of a, that's leaning into the, like the literary style and, 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 and forms more than he is, sure. you know, again, allegorizing or even drawing from reality to, to sure. make that picture. Sure. Well, and to like, so like if we're looking at a map of not just Middle Earth, but I get, I don't know what the whole thing is called, but like, you know, like the, mm-hmm. uh, Valinor is like to the West, to the West which is yeah. where like, so <laughs> once again, I'm not a Tolkien hyper expert but as far as i understand elves were created in middle earth but like a lot of them were like allowed to go to valinor which is basically kind of the afterlife it's like where the gods live and whatever i don't know what's going on over there uh but i think a bunch of them were allowed to go there and then a bunch of them came back to like fight melkor and but there were some who just stayed in middle earth like the whole time mm-hmm. once again i'm not an expert if we're if we I'm have an expert listening lore, so anyway all i'm saying is like part of the valinor being in the west is because like when the elves leave it's like sort of like death you know like that's like what it kind of like mm-hmm. represents you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and obviously the west the sun sets in the west is what i'm saying so in a lot of cultures the west represents like yeah like the setting of the sun west mm-hmm. so that's where i mean a part of that like that makes sense to me, um, as an explanation for why the West. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why the West is the whatever, the good guys, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get away as well from the fact that he, it's very much in the literary style of, well, he was a Beowulf scholar, so like yes. that kind of you know pre-modern European kind of literature and storytelling. Sure. So it's got the it's got it's very much got that feel to it. So I think we've got to keep that in mind as well as we, sure. you know, we, as we try to read with modern eyes, but not impose, yeah, yeah. modern our modern eyes on the. Well, literature. what would you say? Like what from Beowulf? All right, yeah, I guess. Because I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not a Beowulf anything. So I don't. I guess like what are like. Or what are the, I guess, key characteris- characteristics of that kind of literature? Sorry, well, maybe that's asking too much. <laughs> I'm not a Beowulf scholar either. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know he like translated um, uh, the okay. story. I don't know if I could pinpoint the characteristics of that story, but sure. from what I've understood and read about Tolkien's approach to creating Lord of the Rings and just creating the world of Middle-earth, it's like a... A prehistory of of Europe, kind of mm-hmm. sort sure. of style or setting. Sure, sure. And and so in that case, yeah, because it, it would make like sense. Fan- oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say in that case, it would make sense if you know the the characters are fair skinned. Yeah, sure. No, yeah, for sure. Well, and like the way that like the fantastical things like elves and magic are like diminishing as the Tolkien lore goes on. So then at the end, it's like, it's the age of men. Mm-hmm. And like, here we are, which yeah, is, is interesting. Well, and there's, yeah, 
so I I don't think personally that Tolkien was like uh, you know which I don't know if anybody would say this maybe they I'm sure there are people who would but I don't think he was like actively like we've been saying had any racial or ethnic group in mind when he's you know making the bad guys um maybe there's some implicit stuff going on or just like his context uh but also like i don't i think he's like aware of uh that like the bad guys aren't all bad especially like the bad men or whatever like Mm -hmm. so for instance in the books when like uh so like when Gollum comes into contact with like the the Southrons or whatever, the people who ride elephants, uh, or when he's like talking about him, he says like, not, not nice, very cruel, wicked men, uh, as bad as orcs and bigger or whatever. So like, that's like Gollum's perspective. And it's like, okay. But then like Samwise, which says this line, which I think actually Faramir says in the movies, which is, uh, when the, you know, you do remember in the, in the movies, that moment where Frodo Gollum, and Sam are like watching the elephants walk mm. through the forest and then they're ambushed by the Athelian Rangers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the guys who like dies from that ambush falls next to them. And then Faramir, which in the book it's Sam sees the dead body. Right. Uh, but I'm going to read the one from the book, but he says, uh, this is Sam wise, or I guess it's the narration about his thoughts, but mm-hmm. Uh, he was glad that he could not see the dead face. He wondered what the man's name was and where he came from, and if he was really evil at, of heart, or what lies or threats had led him on the long march from his home. Mm-hmm. So that's where it's like, right. even like the bad guys who have darker skin, it's like when there's like a, a character who's thoughtful, it's like, oh, like all these guys aren't, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're human yeah. beings. And he does that, like if you, like... That's an unnamed character. It's a sure, very much a not even a secondary character. It's a yeah. it's an extra essentially. Extra, that, literally. But <laughs> the that's what that's what in my mind makes me lean towards the 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 position that he clearly was not racist and didn't mean right, for his work sure. to. Because like, why would if the you know Southrons were meant to portray a specific ethnic group or racialized sure. group or whatever, then what do you make of that statement right there that, that really brings home the humanity of an unnamed sure. character from that group? Like, Literally. well, your argument kind of fails at that point. Agreed. Because <laughs> it's well, a yeah, pivotal well, and, moment in the narrative. Yeah, truly. Well, that's where, and there's other examples um, like the wild men of Dunland. Like, they're they're like... They're kind of like barbarian-ish, mm-hmm. but they're also just like white because yeah. they descend from the same uh, the same group essentially as Rohan, Rohan I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, even they have so, a there's a reason and a rhyme and a reason for why they yes. become that way and why they think in that certain way. Yes. It's not just their mindless, right. you know. Well, I think literally Gondor, like uh, in in some sort of alliance with Rohan, like gave Rohan certain land that then the Dunling yeah. Dunling Dunlanders I forget what they're called. The men of Dunland <laughs> were then like angry that because mm-hmm. they're like that's our land, and then obviously they've been angry and fighting for a long time. Well, and even that, uh, so like I mean I think I'm I'm easily emotionally affected by uh, movies and books, 
But like I started to get a little cry in the books. I've been rereading them, which has been a great time. Everyone should do it, honestly. Hmm. Um, I try to do it at least uh, once a year. Yes. Well, Tolkien, just the way he writes, it's like, ah, oh, it's, just, it's just nice to read. I don't mm. know. What the, but uh, but when they're at Helm's Deep, um, and in the book, in the movie, it's just a bunch of Urukai who are attacking. But in the book, the men of Dunland ally with the with Saruman and the Urukai, and so mm-hmm. they're at Helm's Deep. And so when the Rohirrim eventually win that battle, obviously they have a bunch of Dunling. Mm. men of Dunland, Dunlingers, I don't know. But anyway, they have them, like, captured. And uh, let's read a short excerpt. (laughs) All right, so yeah, so this is after the the battle at Helm's Deep. Uh, No orcs remained alive. Their bodies were uncounted. But a great many of the hillmen had given themselves up, and they were afraid and cried for mercy. The men of the mark took their weapons from them and set them to work. Help now to repair the evil in which you have joined, said Erkenbrand, and afterwards you shall take an oath never again to pass the fords of Eisen in arms, nor to march with the enemies of men. And then you shall go free back to your land, for you have been deluded by Saruman. Many of you have got death as the reward of your trust in him, but had you conquered, little better would your wages have been. The men of Dunlin were amazed, for Saruman had told them that the men of Rohan were cruel and burned their captives alive. I don't know, so it's just like... There's like, especially when it's not orcs who are irredeemable uh, and are like meant to be just like, you know, evil. Mm-hmm. It's like when it's other groups, I don't know, there's like a, there's a humanization, you know what I'm saying? Right. Even of like, quote unquote, the enemy. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's, anyway. that's a great way to kind of wrap up that question. Agreed. Great. <laughs> to the next one, I guess. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. How do we find value in literature that expresses um, the outdated views of the age of the author? Hmm. That's a No, yeah. Fair That's a question. good question. Honestly. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. there's definitely it's... different methods. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say that the, yeah, out, I, I just don't want to take the position we've talked about this before but i don't want to take the position of chronological snobbery is there sure. actual progress in society and societal thinking sure yeah i'll i'll agree with that sure. um but to yeah to lord ourselves as better than our predecessors based on that is something i want to avoid in answering these kinds of, of sure. questions i mean i think that's a good caveat to start with for sure yeah, I mean, it's tough. I guess that's the thing is, uh, so let's, a little bit back to the previous question, but not really. Um, like, so if like so if you just assume, like, Tolkien, like, there's, like, racist elements or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I guess that's where it's, like, what is, like, the overall impact of the work? Because um, I would say, like, if we're taking Tolkien, which we can go in other directions also but like so like so let's just say there's like implicit racial prejudice or whatever in it like the main values of it though are like friendship fellowship courage 
like you know mm-hmm. i don't or like i guess the main themes are like i don't know they're worth exploring the story in the world you know what i'm saying and they're not embodied by solely one particular for sure group or you know a race of creatures in, in the narrative sure. either agreed yeah so that's but i mean there are different like i've heard many different perspectives on this question and i think that all of them i can like understand why the person has that perspective like so one is like i know like multiple black christians who like will refuse to read uh what's uh aaron burr's grandpa's name <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about it's the theologian guy jonathan edwards edwards <laughs> yeah yes yeah so like him and like others i didn't where it's know like, that that was his sorry that's yeah, his grandpa yeah in hamilton when he no. says my grandfather was a fire and brimstone preacher he's literally oh. talking about jonathan edwards <laughs> yeah which wow. is hilarious that's crazy yeah. okay sorry yeah we'll edit that well the funny thing is people will talk about jonathan edwards and they're like his grandson was the vice president of the u.s it's like but also he tried to like make his own country and he was like crazy like aaron burr was not a good guy anyway um sorry that took us down rabbit hole but i've heard people say you know jonathan edwards the man owns slaves anything he has to say about theology like i just don't need to hear it because it's like if you were that if you were that far gone even in that era because i mean there were abolitionists you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying it's not like there were sure it was the dominant like culture to not be an abolitionist but it's not like they didn't exist um but it's like if you were that like uh i guess wayward on that then it's like i don't know like i don't know what you're saying about anything mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. which i i do so i personally like understand that perspective and i have no like jonathan edwards hasn't done anything for me personally so like there's no tension for me and that's where i do think a part of this is like so Lord of the Rings for me, I have a personal investment because right. it's been like a big shaping thing in my life. So it's like, I actually have stakes like being like, oh, I, like I see some of the, I like the evidence that people will say that it is racist. And it's like, that is, that is, I see that. But it's also like, then there's, there's tension for me that doesn't exist with Jonathan Edwards. Cause it's like, cause it's affected me personally. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It, it, there is a tension there, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I think what you said about just what is the overall message of the of the work has to stay the focus. Sure. And we can have conversations about what may be, you know, implied by a piece of literature or whatever other medium or, yeah, what's implied or what... Um, what the author might have been thinking, but at some sure. point, that's gonna be conjecture, and you're at that point not judging the work; you're judging the author, which is a whole another conversation. Sure. And I get that sure. the, that there's a link there, right? Yeah, yeah. But if we're judging about the, yeah, I think that's important to to keep the point of the work, yeah, the focus, because he Cause wasn't writing a like, racial. He wasn't writing right to be. You know, to make a point right. about race. Right. 
Well, there's, I mean, there's definitely, like, media that was made to, like, literally further a racist agenda. Mm -hmm. Like, um, what's the name of that movie that we always talk about that's really old? What's it called? Uh, Something of a Nation? Voice of a Nation? Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. So, obviously, like, that's, like, pretty clear. Right. I think, like, well, like, so, I'm just going to bring up another one that's, like, it's, it's one of those where it's like, whoa, I didn't realize what's happening. But it's like like in Peter Pan, like the what makes a red man red and all mm. that stuff. It's like, oh, wow, like I just watched this as a kid and I didn't – like I was just having fun, you know what I mean? Because I had no idea what was going on. And then you look back on it it's like, ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like – but you also wouldn't say that the themes of Peter Pan are, you know, let's put down – native americans but also it's like but the thing is it, it still does it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so that's where like the tension too of it's like obviously there's very clear racially motivated evil stuff like birth of a nation which it's like i mean that's the easiest stuff to just be like yeah that's garbage mostly because i mean it doesn't connect to a lot of us because at least i hope us and our listeners are not trying to further a racial you know agenda superiority agenda <laughs> is my hope uh so like you know it's easy to get that stuff out of the way. But then the harder stuff is when it's like, ooh, like there's these implicit things in Peter Pan or, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on and on mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, like, you know, that's not maybe the point of the story, but also like it still does damage in mm-hmm. the sense that it shapes people's like perspectives. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, I think for me there's a hierarchy of what is central to this narrative then I'll take a little bit more stock. I'll put a little more stock in the conversation of, you know, whether this is, you know, racist tendencies or a racist message within that narrative. But if sure. it's something that, you know, doesn't drive the narrative or could, like if we took it out, the narrative would, wouldn't change drastically sure. or the message of the narrative wouldn't change, then it's like that's a, that's a secondary conversation. I think it's an important conversation that we can still yeah. have. But in terms sure. of judging the the value of the piece of literature, sure, we've got to not ignore it, but bracket it off um, sure. a little That's bit. Fair. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, for me, for me, like so, if we're taking the Peter Pan example, I guess it's just it's very explicit, like who we're referring to mm-hmm. and how we're characterizing them. Whereas I would say, like in a thing like Tolkien, like it's not. I guess, like, you have to... So the the dark skin thing, light skin thing is a thing. But, like, beyond that, you'd have to make, like, a... Like, there's no way to say, oh, like, this is the people group he's talking about. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And these are the conclusions he wants the reader to make about them. Maybe the only thing you could say is, like, with the dark-skinned bad guys thing is, like, you know, he... Maybe uh, some damage that that does is, like, for white readers, it makes, you know... It just reinforces the idea of darker skin being a threat or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's like the only like damage I could see it doing explicitly. Whereas like other, I guess like the Peter Pan example, and I mean lots of old Disney stuff, but I mean lots of just an old anything, and not even that old. Some of it um, is like very explicit. So I don't know if that makes a difference for me. I think it does, but I don't know. Hmm. I'm just saying, like, with, with orc, like, so orcs specifically, it's like, 
I mean, there's no way to like connect that to a group. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there's, then what we? I mean, there sorry, is. I don't know if I have it here. In terms of like the, I don't know what letter this is coming from. But I guess in some private letter, he describes orcs as squat, broad, flat-nosed, and sallow-skinned. I don't know. What what does sallow-skinned mean? Um, No idea. With (laughs) wide mouths and slant eyes. In fact, Ah. degraded and repulsive versions of the least lovely Mongol types. So that's very racialized language from that era. He wrote Um, that in a a letter. I think in a private letter. Oh, okay, sure. I'm looking at this article here. I I mean, that is... I mean, that's definitely... I guess it's troubling. I mean, I'll Mm -hmm. I'll say it. But then also, like, his... It's a description likening it to a group... I don't... Yeah, it's difficult, because, like, is he equating their evil and saying that these Mongol types... Or is it, like... Sure. Solely the appearance. I, I got it. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Well, I guess like I think what some people would say, and potentially what I would say, is, um, it's not even like it's not that he's equating directly. It's, it's yeah. It's basically just reinforcing like, which I'm pretty sure there's no description like that in the books, obviously, because it, the like I don't, I don't think there's any. Explicit. Yeah, I don't think so. I, no, like it. So it says dark skin. It might say I don't know what shallow skinned means, but. Should we just look it up? Yeah, let's look it up. <laughs> I don't, how do you spell shallow? Like shallow. Uh, like... Sallow, S-A-L-L-O-W. Sallow. A skin that has lost its natural complexion. So like dead. Is that what it means? I guess. Like dead skin? But yeah. It's okay, for, anyway. With that for me, it's like, okay, he's describing something relative to the way that, you know, that type of people were seen or described in his day sure whether or not he's making a value judgment on that group of people though on mongol people right yeah is yeah yeah it's a little bit more difficult to say right yeah i mean that's the tension well i think just from like reading some of tolkien's own quotes and like what he taught like uh he visited uh south africa the country i mean he was born Uh, there oh there you go but I think when he visited in his older age or whatever, he, like, another letter that I think, I forget who he was writing to, but he was just talking about, yeah, just how, like, the injustice and how horrible mm-hmm. it was towards, obviously, people of color. So, like, I mean, that's where it's, like, I don't think he personally. I'm not making would, an excuse for, for this, the, is the great, this is a great way to right. describe this certain ethnic group. Right, right, I right. would not agree with that. Well, but. that's where I'm saying it's it's implicit bias. Like, that's what... I think it reinforces like a cultural, like a cultural fear or like a cultural just norm. It's like a, I'm sure it was normal. Well, that's where another person, I think they pulled up from Beowulf or whatever and like the goblins or whatever, or like just like the goblins of Great Britain's mythology. Like mm-hmm. they're like dark skinned. You know what I mean? So that's where it's, once again, not to say that it does, like I think it actually can be damaging. So I'm not saying that it's, not damaging but i'm also saying it was like the sea he was swimming in you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah and there's like evidence especially about him as a person that he was pushing back on you know parts of that sea but then it's also you know uh, 
like it's kind of like what people want with the Bible. It's like at what point when you pull it out of its cultural context would it not even have resonated with like mm-hmm. the people it was written to? So right. that's which which once again I'm not this is me not trying to give excuses, but also trying to provide perspective on yeah, just how we navigate these how we navigate especially like older literature slash media mm-hmm. that's like clearly you know maybe society has progressed past a certain viewpoint mm-hmm. i mean it's like this is gonna be a little bit of a crazy tie-in but like so i mean a lot of people will accuse the bible of like you know uh being like patriarchal right uh, and obviously it did it it was written in a patriarchal society where mostly men owned land and you know we're the heads of household and all that stuff uh but like there's a narrative i believe in numbers where uh the dad has died and there's no sons but there's four daughters and the daughters come and they're like hey there's precedent for women ruling mostly because i mean they don't say this but i'm saying this you know, there's precedent in the Bible for women ruling because of Genesis one and two. Like it's like clearly she was right. You know, male and female we created humans, and they were all meant to rule over the land. So basically, they're like, hey, this isn't right. Why should our family be, you know, not have its land or not continue? And then Moses is like, you know what? Let me go check with God on that. And God's like, they're right. Give them the land. You know what I mean? So that's where it's like it does take place in a patriarchal society but it also like one it pushes back pushes sometimes back, yeah. yeah and then two it's just like you know if it pushed back at all times or, or yeah it would just it would not be a work of that culture so i guess mm-hmm. that's like the i don't know that's the tension that we live in i guess yeah no i agree that's a good point to bring up right the it's like um yeah would it have been effective if it was like a fire hydrant that was opened up to push back against (laughs) every you know social issue um or was it pointed at very specific things and tangentially also push back you know little by little on these kinds of things as well yeah right well and that i guess that's like like obviously we're talking about lord of the rings but i think i do this with that like all media and literature it's like like what is the the sum total of the effect this has Mm -hmm. on the world you know what i mean and that's where like so for me i think lord of the rings has a sum total positive net positive Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like there's definitely some unhelpful things in it yeah because he talked about yeah the narrative upholds or you know presents as praiseworthy qualities concepts ideas like like what you said like friendship right. loyalty yeah. sacrifice right um it holds it upholds those by means of characters but it certainly doesn't tie them to specific you know right characters or races so that's races. at the end of the day that's what it is it comes down to for me specifically with lord of the rings that's what it's doing but then with other you know pieces of work um, we can read with, you know, you know, 2020 is hindsight, right? So we can read with modern perspectives, but there needs to be a level of grace as well with the cultural context from which authors are writing. 
Agreed. And that's where, yeah, I think, I think that that's where we lean. And if we want to talk about like methods of how to approach, you know, older literature or even newer literature, that's like has problems. Like one approach that I talked about earlier was like, you just like, I'm not, I'm not going to use it. You know what I mean? Because it's, Mm -hmm. that person is disqualified. So that's one approach. Second approach, I think, is kind of what we're saying is like, you know, let's take a look at the entire narrative. Is is the point of the narrative to, you know, like progress a, a, a I guess, a morally depraved, you know, perspective? Like, is that like what the narrative's doing? Mm-hmm. Or like, what's the net gain of, you know, positive or negative on society? And then the other is just like to ignore it and say, yeah, I like it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, I don't care, you know, what it's what damage it might do. Um, I think other than that perspective, I think the other two, hopefully, hopefully we can have grace for each other with our different perspectives. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I guess I personally, like if if someone, especially like a person of color was like, yeah, like I can't do Tolkien because of like, you know, all the bad guys are dark skinned or whatever. I guess like to me, it's like, I actually like totally get it. You know what I mean? Like I, I think there's a lot there and it's great if you, if you can give it a chance Uh, and especially like the newer iterations, like the Peter Jackson films and then this newer one from Amazon. I mean, obviously they're adapting it for our culture. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So there's, there's not as much of that. (laughs) So that's where it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe, maybe you'd like those things. You know, it's kind of like star Wars in the seventies and eighties. There was like one black guy in the whole universe (laughs) and it's like, Oh no. And then we got two in the prequels because uh, Samuel L. Jackson was there. Because he, progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, all that to say, I think there are different methods. And I'm sure there's there's like some in-between even from those mm-hmm. three kind of that I sort of laid out. Um, so I'm sure there's some in-between there. Like there's other perspectives as well. Right. But yeah, I think I think there's people of good faith that might fall into it any of those categories you know what i mean maybe besides the one that doesn't care how it hurts people (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that's a great place to end same here thanks for listening and joining in on the conversation with us if you'd like to support us financially you can do so on patreon it's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew and if you can't support us financially please give us a good rating or review on itunes or whatever platform you're listening on and that helps others find our podcast Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds or so and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd like to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way uh, and without giving away your information. Same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For Questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.